back! Yeah, dude, we've been on a hiatus way too fucking long. It's make me upset. Kevin, thank you for coming. Give some thank music. You for cute. having me once again. Dude, you're an awesome guest. I love having you. We actually have good conversations. Yeah. No offense on all my other guests. I mean, but <laughs> you, we have good talks, so I wouldn't mind the fact that you even came to me about this. I'm ready to learn. I'm mind blown. I didn't even know about this movie. So uh, before we start, let me get this situated here on this end. We're gonna get that over there. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not hearing anything at all. Okay, so what it is? It's the the adapter connected part. Okay. That part, yeah. Just messed it a little bit. Do you hear it? You might have to pull there it out. We, there we go. Okay, cool. Yeah, and if you hear any disgruntled, it's right there. Okay, let's talk about that. Let's start with that. Unfortunately, the way that technology is now, nothing, uh, all these cords besides the headphones have the three-prong thing. You know, when you take off your headphones and it has the mono stereo line, mm -hmm. and now they have a third line. The third line represents the microphone. A lot of these adapters and stuff don't have the third line adapter. So, like, you're, you're plugging them in, and they're, you're plugging them into a stereo input. So when that third line hits, it gets kind of confused. So it's okay. like, I've never done this. This isn't... You know, routine headphones these aren't mm. headphones these are headphones with a mic interesting and those are just headphone jacks which is kind of weird but i mean you you've seen them the way that the stupid mm. lines on the which is a xlr cable no 1.5 millimeter jack whatever i can't remember the names of all of them but anyways we are back we were been off for like two months now it's kind of sad but again thank you for coming uh the fact that we're going to talk about the metal the black metal scene in this movie is kind of cool because i didn't even know about it i saw one little trailer which we're going to play here in a second uh pull up the trailer for the lords of chaos there you go uh we'll play that here in a second but i didn't even know like how long has this movie they, been out um they've been working on it for a while now they actually tried to release it in 2010 and they couldn't find the funding for it so it fell through but then they just keep kept, kept trying, kept trying, finally got it made. That I is... only found out about this a few weeks ago as well. Wow, that's crazy. Because I was uh, looking at other things too. Um, I was looking at Q&As and stuff that they were having about the movie. And it's like, you know, it's starting to get into production. And mm -hmm. now we have the official trailer. It's out, what does it say, February 8th? Yeah. That's that's almost like in two weeks. Jeez. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, man. And uh, being you like the amazing black metal fan that you are how did you feel when this is oh man um how do you feel they're gonna depict the story like this is gonna well, this is a really touchy thing man. right i know it's based on truth and lies i, li I like that <laughs> uh, a whole lot of lies like um well they got the names right and it is set in norway so there is some truth okay so <laughs> they have but some now anyways let me preface it with this if you're uh unfamiliar with the story and the black metal scene in general this might be an enjoyable movie if you're looking for truth it's gonna be wildly inaccurate okay <laughs> but that's pretty much true of any adaptation of a story right like mm -hmm. you've seen so many times where hollywood takes a true story and then they just like well yeah. that never happened that's mm -hmm. what, what what went on here so i can see this with this movie yeah and uh, if if you want an act more accurate version of the story watch the documentary until the light takes it so yeah it's really good i think it's on youtube right now go check it out before it's taken down there's a deleted scenes clip that's really good too. Oh, okay. So, uh, 
Yeah, if you're unfamiliar with the story, this might be a good movie. If you're familiar with the story, and if you're a true black metaler, I'm not. But if you're a true black metaler, fuck this movie. So it's not. <laughs> so people in Norway are probably not really mm-hmm. like true black metal fans. Are probably just like, like this is stupid. I can't believe you're doing this. God yeah. Damn it. Yeah, and uh, the more I looked into this movie, the stranger it got. The director of the movie. Used to play drums for Bathory. Wait, what? Yeah. So, like, beginning stages of Bathory? Yeah, apparently he um, he, he had two other members, at least, in the very beginning. They played a lot of live shows. Like, that's how they got, like, um, uh, recognition around the scene at that point, you know? Yeah. And uh, they were... They were... Um, they were really loved by Scandinavians because they were a serious version of Venom in a way, in a harder version. Because Venom's kind of silly. Yeah, they had that the, the theatricals to them. Because mm-hmm. I were, always the the leather pants, the like yeah. studded necklace and mm-hmm. stuff. I saw it. No, so like Bathory was sort of a ver- serious version, heavier version of Venom. Okay. So like that's why um, Scandinavians loved Bathory. Once uh, in the early days of the black metal scene, so. Anyways, that's weird. So that the director was. Yeah, but he hasn't played with Bathory since like '84, '85. So okay. like, he's been. I think he became a uh, music video director after uh, that. Okay. He's directed a lot of metal videos, Metallica videos. I think he's done a Lady Gaga video, from what oh, I've heard. Crazy. He's done a lot of weird shit. So um. Anyways, I guess, where do I begin? This, I mean, I know that's what's the crazy part about this story is like, where does, because you can even go back farther than this, to the neglect of the whole tradition of Norway. Like their ancestry is pretty much the Vikings, you know, mm-hmm. these Odin and Thor and all these other yeah. mythical characters. Well, and I then guess, they, oh, go ahead. And then they just get pushed over by Christianity. Right. That's one of the original messages of, Black true metal. Norwegian black metal. It was Norwegian nationalism. They wanted all traces of the Christian invaders that took away their culture, destroyed their culture, built uh, churches over sacred lands, sacred uh, sites, old uh, Viking sacred sites. They wanted all traces of their Christian invaders out of there because that's not their religion. That's yeah. not their culture. So it like almost borderline on racism because exactly. when you start saying stuff like that, it's interpreted as kind of like, mm, kind of sounds racist. And if it sounds racist, it probably is yeah. racist. So, in But the- like they viewed Norway as it was a perfect society, very low crime rates, very low um, uh, drug addictions, you know, very low um, violence. Very low immigration. They viewed it as a close to perfect society. And uh, they just wanted to go back to that. And uh, they were also mad at American commercialism, specifically the Tampa Bay death metal scene, where it was just everyone started sounding the same, everyone started looking the same, all the cover album art started looking the same. Um, so we're talking about, we're, we're talking about people like Morbid Angel, um, Cannibal Corpse. Uh, uh, death, death, 
that whole genre, the Florida yeah, Bay it's, area. It's American scene. death metal in general, American commercialism, but specifically like the Tampa scene, they really hated. Wow, that's great. So okay, black metal, true Norwegian black metal, was made as a direct response to like, fuck you, American death metal. Yeah. It it all sounded the same to the point where um, the drummer of Dark Throne, Fenris, was uh, complaining about this. All the bands started going to the same recording studio to get that same sound. Oh, okay. And it's just it just became commercialism bullshit. So it was Norwegian nationalism, you know, fuck Christianity, and um, uh, fuck you to American commercialism. That was the original message of true Norwegian black metal. Okay. So you could see why true black metalers were like, fuck this movie. You know, Hollywood is... Portraying just us. trying to make money off this, and there it's wildly inaccurate. Okay. It, I think it's going to be wildly inaccurate. I have not seen it. But according to, uh, I've seen uh, a lot of responses from Varg. He is the guy from Burzum, um, who's being villainized in this movie, according to the trailers. He's the bass player, right? Yeah, that killed Euronymous. Okay, yeah. And uh, he doesn't like the movie because he... he th- uh, I believe it's based off of a book with of the same name, and he thought the book was shit. The Lords they didn't, of Chaos. Yeah, because they didn't. It didn't really involve anyone involved in that scene. It was just like everyone else's outside perspective. Okay. Because it was mainly Mayhem, Dark Throne, and Burzum. That was the inner black metal circle that were like really. Yeah, that's centered around this story. Okay. But Dark Throne and Burzum, um, the director asked him if he could use uh, their rights to the music to play music in the movie. They both said, fuck you. Mayhem also said no at first, but I've heard that they might have changed their stance on that. I'm not really sure. Okay. But all three bands that were involved in it initially said, fuck you, don't use our music. Not in Fuck the... off. Okay. Everyone involved in this story had wanted nothing to do with this movie. Oh, man. So the story is probably going to be inaccurate. Um, and I watched a Q&A from that director, and he's lying already. <clears throat> he lied in that because one, it was, uh, I think it was an advanced screening, so there was a Q&A with the audience, and someone asked him, why didn't you use metal music so as we're, the soundtrack? So we're, to, we're not going to hear music from Mayhem. Maybe Mayhem, but not Burzum or Dark Throne at no. all. Well, but their names and their, like... Whole... They can't use the logos, but they can use the names. So they will be at least represented Anything in the Anything trademarked regarding them, they can't use. Oh, man. Logos, music, they just they just use their names. Now I hate this story. <laughs> what the <coughs> hell? That's pretty stupid, then. Because, like... Well, I get it. I, I mean, I get it, where Berserum and... Uh, they don't want that to be out there. Like, why the fuck are you trying they're, to make them? They're really the only ones that kept to that. Because Mayhem kind of, they changed their recording style and started touring a lot. So they don't really have the original message. But, like, everyone <laughs> everyone that wanted was for that message in Mayhem. Like, they were either killed off or imprisoned for killing other members. Oh, my God. Because it was dead. And Euronymous had this crazy uh, message. And to Hellhammer, the drummer, he was just in it for the music. He doesn't really give a shit about what was going on. He didn't do any of the church burnings. He didn't involve he didn't involve himself in any of the violence or any of that. Oh shit. Okay. He just wanted to play drums. 
<laughs> and so the fact that he got, I don't want to say he was pressured into it, but he got put into a spot that he didn't like literally want to be into. I mean, he was the drummer with all these other things going on in the background, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the whole church burnings, the murders and stuff like that. And he's just like, God damn it. I, that's how I would have assumed he would have felt like. Well, no. Well, his personality, he doesn't really give a shit about anyone. Okay. In the documentary, Until the Light Takes Us, he said when Euronymous, his guitarist, was killed, he said there was there's no reason to be sad over this. And it's either because, you know, Hellhammer's kind of a fucking crazy douchebag, you know, heartless asshole, or Euronymous was a douchebag that everyone hated at that point when he was killed, or maybe like a little bit of both. When Euronymous was killed, no one liked him anymore. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. See, this just makes me wonder what this movie is going to portray for American audiences then. Is it going to be like a commercial thing where we're all going to have people dress up as black metal for Halloween and stuff? From what I've seen from uh, the interviews with the director, it seems like Euronymous is going to be kind of idolized, which is bullshit because Varg looks back on all this with uh, um, remorse in a way. He's sad. And he's sad. You can tell he's kind of sad when uh, he talks back about this because they didn't accomplish anything oh, except starting a black metal trend, which is the one thing they didn't want to do. Wow. <laughs> um, like according to Burzum and Dark Throne, true black metal died in 1993. 1993. Yeah. With it didn't die with Euronymous. It died before him. Okay. Um, Varg specifically said spring of 1993. It, was, it, it got um, trendy. And that's when it died. That's when it died. Okay. And I can see that because like it wasn't meant to be that way. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing they didn't want to do, and that's the only thing that came from this. <laughs> Holy shit. So so that makes me wonder then how much of the movie is going to portray a lot of other like you said, it might it, it's going to talk about the band Mayhem, but not in the way that it actually mentions the name, maybe. But mm-hmm. uh, the other bands that are involved in it as well, they're probably just going to be name-based, right? We'll only know about them, but like maybe um, one of the mem- – I see, I don't know. I want to do more. Wait till the movie comes out, but like – I'm like, not, I haven't read the book either, so let's see. Let's let's watch this trailer right and away. All I know is Varg hates the book, so this doesn't seem any of better. All the lies. Yeah, this does not seem any better. Here I am, an average teenager, you may think, but you couldn't be more wrong. I am the founder of Mayhem, the most infamous black metal band in the world. We are lords of chaos. Great suck. Life was easy back then. It was all about having fun, drinking beer, playing hard and loud music. And then everything changed. Varg, the lone wolf. I hereby appoint you bass player of mayhem. Okay, pause it right there. Okay, so that point right there, um, they, he just joined the band, and what what was the initiation? I don't even see why are they giving him a necklace. <laughs> Another thing, um, <laughs> they were anti uh, Christianity. They weren't satanic. Okay, they were just trying to be provocative with all the satanic imagery. They were just trying to cr- piss Christians off. Okay, they didn't. They weren't into Satan. 
They didn't it, worship Satan. They okay. didn't do any of these stupid rituals that Euronymous so, claims. Like I doubt that that exaggerated at best. I I don't know though. So in in my eyes, what I see is like more of like a meme state where they're just like, I want to show you really fucked up and ridiculous things because that's what's offensive out there. And some people take it as like, that's super offensive. Or like, if you see an offensive meme, it's funny to us. Right. So that that's how they saw it. That's how Mm -hmm. I figured they saw it is because they're just like, let's get the most offensive thing that we could think of and totally fuck with it just to see if we can get a reaction from it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's piss off all these conservative Christians out there. Oh man. And they not just conservative Christians, but just Christians in general. And then Varg, he decided like, like let's take it to the next level. Let's burn down churches. Oh man! But okay, so that <laughs> that that thing though is pretty much that the Hollywood being Hollywood again. Hollywood being Hollywood. The director um, clearly admitted that uh, in the in the same trailer they show Euronymous's girlfriend, and he said like that's all exaggerated. Everything involving her is a lie. That's the that's the lie part in the based on truth and lies. So the, the... so he openly admits like that's Hollywood exaggeration. Okay, just to have like a female character, mm-hmm, and stuff just to have it. a love triangle or whatever the fuck's oh, going on. Man. <laughs> that okay? Go ahead. Let's let's hear some more. So he acted on his own then. He did it. All right, pause it. Pause it. According to Varg, according to Varg, they planned that um, there's this Norwegian holiday. It's the same day as D-Day, where uh, it sparks the uh, start of the Viking Age. Look for that a uh, Norwegian ho- holiday. Same day as D-Day. So yeah, Norwegian holiday, same as D-Day. Uh, Icepick is asking, it's not black metal, it's shock rock? No. And then uh, Alice Cooper started it in 1969. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not that it's shock rock. It's That's what it... I don't want to say that's what it came from either because, I mean... the. Okay, in your opinion, black metal saw stuff like Kiss and shit as them shocking people, right? Would not. That's where the idea. I don't want to say that's where the idea, where the face paint See, and stuff I, I come from. I don't know because I know, I know the second wave of black metal after 1993. I know Demon They loved Kiss. I don't know if Dark Throne and Burzum and Mayhem did. Because I know Immortal I, I did as well. Immortal, yeah, loves Immortal, Kiss. Immortal totally went the over the top clown clownish looks let me be the thunder god and yeah, shit like that they went over the top with it but uh, well i think i read somewhere that course paint kind of started out as alice cooper and gene simmons kind of mixed together okay whoever like first started it that was the look they were going for i think or someone someone was going look going for that look i don't know so it was an in, see that's the thing it was an influence it wasn't that exact like oh well they're categorized as shock rock because kiss and alice cooper did it it's like yeah that's just the influence of that genre or that time period of the music that made it into the black metal scene yeah but they went a step further by actually trying to go through with their political message of get Christianity the fuck out of Norway. Okay, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you find that that D-Day date? The date? Uh, so it's a Norwegian holiday the same as D-Day. Yeah, Varg said it was like it start it 
represents the start of the Viking Age. The Viking Age. Yeah, and that was that was when he the first church was burned down, and he tried to get people from all across the country to do it because, like, they all lived in different cities, you know? Like, a few few of the bands lived in Oslo. Burzum and Dark Throne lived in Bergen, I believe. Emperor was in Telemark, which was more north, you know? They were all, like, scattered all over the country, but they would uh, meet up in Oslo or Bergen at, you know, Oslo at that famous record shop. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So, um... Stop it. Where the hell was I going with this? <laughs> uh, okay, so the fact that they were all in different locations and they wanted the burnings to happen kind of not simultaneously. That's right. But Varg, Varg was trying to plan like eight different. At once. At, on, on the same day. Okay. The day that um, represented the start of the Viking era. So it was eight, eight different churches. D-Day on, is 6-6? Six, six? D-Day? Yeah, June 6th. June 6th. Is there was was there a there was someone who said uh, D Day six six oh uh, <laughs> but there should be uh, a Norwegian holiday but but it, well, it's there's a Norwegian there's holiday. I think in Varg's YouTube channel and all the black metal history videos he does he he talks about that okay so it was supposed to be eight simultaneous church burnings in in all the different towns all scattered across Norway and there was I don't want to say it's specific churches but there were probably supposed to be churches that have more significance than others right they probably weren't going to burn a church that's like a little house home church compared to an actual like I think Varg focused on churches that were burnt on uh, or built over Norwegian sacred lands okay see yeah that's what I was thinking that because that would that make a lot more sense too yeah so that night only one church was burnt down. And it was the one he did. It was the one where uh, in the city that he lived in. Oh. Okay. He didn't admit to it. Okay. And what's really funny is in the trial, he was uh, charged with four church burnings. He was convicted of three of them. The one in Bergen that started it all, he wasn't convicted of that one. Oh, my God. <laughs> the, and the one that's in his hometown. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. They're just like, we don't have evidence for you doing it here. Even though you live here, mm-hmm. it's more likely that you did this one. Mm-hmm. We'll, we're going to charge you for the other ones. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That just makes it, oh, man. See, that because, again, Hollywood's portrayal of this story is just going to be more of like, I think, like a gimmick. Like, just to make it for marketing. Like, I do not doubt, not a huge, huge amount of people, but a, a group of people that see this that are from the age of what 19 and younger are just going to take yeah. this as a trend. Yeah. Dark throne hates it. Cause it's, it's going to start another trend. That's what it's it... going to start another fucking trend. Oh man. And like American black metal is on the rise right now, actually. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Deaf heaven. A lot of that. They're kind of a provocative band because a lot of people are met and don't like them because they're like simplified things. And like they're from California. So like, it's not. It's not. It's it's a parody black metal, but it it all depends on who you talk to because Dark Throne views everyone after 1993 parody black metal. Yeah. And uh, in all this research, I found out that Emperor was actually made fun of at the beginning because one of the other messages was "Don't sound like anyone else." Okay. And then Emperor comes out, and they were accused of sounding exactly like Immortal. And oh. then guess what? 
they started adding synthesizers and keyboards and started they didn't all of a sudden they didn't sound like immortal anymore oh man and then the same thing happened with enslaved they were accused of sounding exactly like Burzum, but they didn't give a shit they didn't change their sound really so after that in the I, beginning yeah see so what was it more of like a See, I don't even know how to explain it because they just they didn't feel like it was part of the music anymore. They just wanted to make their own music. Mm-hmm. I mean, and just don't sound like anyone else. Cop- copycat metal. That's all America's doing with '80s death metal at that point, you know. And th- and that's funny, I guess, about America and their metal scene is that it's always copied itself. Once a new trend comes with it, mm-hmm. it has like at least what ten. 15 variations of it that really hit that go commercial that everybody goes with mm-hmm. and it just transitions from there like i i can't think of any like i don't want to say well uh because they're not as big as they used to be but like the whole i don't i don't even know what to categorize like five finger death punch but when that whole metal scene came out a bunch of bands just sounded like them and they just they all hit they all doing the same tours playing the same oh it's just ridiculous mm-hmm. well, that's, that's america guess, yeah that's america uh, man that that's we what, just mass produced bullshit and you just have to find those hidden gems so okay how how is it though that other countries appreciate music differently than we do that's what makes me more upset too is like there are probably still pop festivals and country festivals in europe right or do you... Oh yeah, there has to be. Like metal didn't take over over there. It's just they don't have the FCC. It's more accepted. Yeah. Yeah. And there's less regulation, so it's like it's it's easy, easier access. Okay. See, I and guess. that's that's what makes it, I guess, a little more disheartening here is because like you have festivals like Coachella and shit like that where you're just like like this year's the fiftieth anniversary of Woodstock. Aren't they trying to do another Woodstock? Oh man, that's probably gonna fail, and it's probably gonna be nothing but commercial artists, right? Yeah, Who... and and nothing's gonna be accomplished from it. It's just gonna be a bunch of people partying and getting fucked up. Like nothing's gonna be accomplished, just like the first fucking Woodstock. Oh, man. <laughs> it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be bad. I have faith though. Um, recently on the Joe Rogan podcast, Mike Tyson was on it. And he said he's actually starting a ranch in California called Tyson Ranch. And it's going to be a huge resort. Huge. I've heard about that. Huge. He's going to have concerts there. He's going to have fitness. Dude, it's going to be like a luxury like little oasis, I guess. It's just so crazy to think about that. Maybe something can come from this that might help. I don't want to say the metal scene, but you know, no, Mike Tyson might be into something cool. Just like, hey, bring like a European metal band or like some power metal right. or something. Because it's it's not really that. It's the U.S. travel visas. You, that's a problem too. You think? It's, yeah, Ish. I saw an interview with Ishan, the former frontman of or Emperor. They're still around actually. They're doing reunion tours. He said he doesn't want to. He can't travel in America. He can't tour there because it's really hard to get a U.S. visa. A travel visa it's expensive it's expensive to tour out here and it's just like it's what's the fucking point anymore okay that's i guess i see that too because i'm a little disappointed too because and like all those guys are getting older a lot of them he's a family man now you know he does very little touring that's why he's able to release an album like every two years so he spent most of his time in his recording studio at his, at his home. Oh, man. <laughs> Does very little touring, so he just focuses on writing shit these days. So I can see that, though. That's Again, that's just disheartening here. Burzum retired 
five years ago. Moved to France, got married, and like he has like three kids with his new wife, at least. I guess they just just, just releasing YouTube channel videos. That's all. And like, I forgot to preface all this. A lot of them are racist. A lot of them are Varg straight up. Like you can argue if whether he is or not, but he's pro Hitler. <laughs> I know that. Okay, he's open about that. He straight up says the mainstream media portrayed him as a bad guy. Okay, so that... So it's like... In all this research, I've been doing a lot of self-reflection because when I first got into black metal back when I was 14, you know, I wanted I wanted to be in a symphonic metal, uh, black metal band, you know? I wanted to be these guys. Yeah. I wanted to meet these guys and tour with them, you know? Silly dreams. And, like, looking back on it, they would have fucking hated me. Because <laughs> I was just... They didn't want to make music for uh, those fucking whiny little brat teenagers that go to the mall to go buy these metal CDs. Like, oh, I was one of those fucking kids. Fuck. <laughs> but see, that's the thing, though. But I was, like... it was out of my control, you know? I... I didn't choose to grow up here. <laughs> I guess that's true too. But you took it in an open embrace. Like you took the music yeah. and went with it in a different way than other people that take black metal or any genre of music and just And like not only that, like once I got into it and found out about this crazy story like towards the end of freshman year of high school. Um <clears throat> Fuck, I lost my train of thought. Uh, the story in after high school. Um, oh, I, I was able to relate to the original message of black, true Norwegian black metal because I was not a fan of Christianity at that point. Okay. I've been an atheist for a few years now. I've been open about my atheism at school, and I got labeled as a Satanist because people were fucking dumb in middle school and didn't know what I was talking about. Yeah, a lot of people mix the messages. Yeah, and uh, I was I was kind of pissed off at trends and popular things and American commercialism. And, uh, once I found out like they were against all this too. And like, I love, I love the music before I found out about the message. Like it was easy to get behind all this. Cause it made sense. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of ignored the Norwegian nationalism part of it because I just, you're not like, native. I, yeah. You're yeah. not from there. Mm -hmm. I mean, but that's couldn't a... relate to that. And it comes off as kind of racist. Like kind of <laughs> gloss over that, unfortunately. <laughs> but how, how much of that isn't like music in general? Like there's so many cultures that spread music around the world that it's so influential that it, you don't know exactly the message that it spreads besides the feeling it gives you. Mm -hmm. Obviously, when you first were introduced to the black metal, it was just invigorating. It was just awesome. Like in, yeah. until you figured out the message, especially with symphonic black metal, because I was always a fan of classical music. Okay, so it just ramped it up a little bit more. And I yeah. love the last time you explained to me too is like the way that heavy metal is. It's just really, really well composed music. Like mm -hmm. it's amazing if you really sit down and listen to a well composed metal song. It can take you just to the straight. This is the same as a Vivaldi piece or the same thing as a Beethoven piece. Mm -hmm. And that's what's amazing about that is that th they brought that influence in it too. Symphonic black metal? I mean, come on. That's right. You don't think about that. You didn't. I, I don't think about that. You don't think about that at the time, mm -hmm. especially growing up. I never thought like always wanting to start a band and stuff like, oh, that'd be cool if I had two guitars doing harmonies. Oh, that'd be cool if I had the keyboardist. Oh, that'd be cool if there was like a 
like um, almost a death sound in the back. You know, it all just influenced influenced right influence from different people and different bands. Right, but there was such a surge of European metal bands at that time that like all that's been done already. Like I was thinking, like what if what if the keyboard parts were so complex? <coughs> that you need like two or three keyboardists. Well, Nocturnal Mortem did it already. Oh, they have man. two keyboardists. <laughs> yeah, you, you you hear that too sometimes. You're like, what if it... Yeah, exactly. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. So, like, you shouldn't... what With those what-if questions, you shouldn't, like, look into, what did, did someone do this already? Just fucking do it. Yeah. Just fucking do it. I have this philosophy that I always go by where I'm just like, there's like seven billion people out there one of them has to be thinking the same thing you're thinking. Not only that, the person that's probably thinking what you're thinking already did it. Mm-hmm. So, like, literally, like, we could be having the same thoughts, me and you, right now, but somebody's already thought of that thought and did it. Yeah, with Varg's YouTube channels recently, like, he used to be, like, you know, just a, a true black metal or, like, be original, don't sound like anything else. But these days, he's like, there's, there's no originality there's no originality. Like, we're all influenced by something. Okay. You can't just create something that hasn't been done before, or you get something like Burzum. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. And even then, they, I don't want to say it, but they were slowly influenced by something. There's no way that they could have created what they created without it being an influence right. from somewhere. Right. So, right. That's just an insane yeah. in itself. So, uh, anyways, to backtrack a little bit. In that Q&A session, that guy asked the director, why isn't there any metal music? Why is there all this electronica in the soundtrack and in the movie? And the director straight up lied. He said uh, the real reason was because Dark Throne and Burzum denied them to use their musical rights. And Mayhem did too initially, but I think Mayhem changed their stance because they had a Mayhem song in that trailer. Yeah, and the Longer logo. than eight seconds. Yeah. So Euronymous's family probably pleaded with Mayhem to fucking change that. Oh, I man. bet you. You think so? Yeah. Oh. Varg, yeah, because uh, when all this church burnings started going down and all this attention started going to them, Euronymous closed the shop and apologized on behalf of the entire black metal scene. And he closed the shop on his family's wishes because the family didn't want all the attention that they were getting, oh, according to Varg. Okay. All of this is according to Varg. You know, and unfortunately, that's the best source we have because Euronymous is dead. He's not <laughs> going to be saying anything anytime soon. It's not like he left the whole, <laughs> the exact plans of what happened. Yeah. And that, yeah, see, that's what's sad, too, is like, it's always going to be the speculation now. Mm-hmm. Just like whatever somebody and else I, would have And known. I was speculative of his side of the story until I saw Until the Light Takes Us and members of Darkstone and Mayhem were uh, confirming what he was saying. No one liked Euronymous at the time of his death. No one in the scene. He went to Bergen to uh, uh, record some tracks for De Mysterious Dom Sedanas in 1993, and at that point, no one liked him. No one, uh, Varg didn't let him stay at his apartment. Uh, the guy from Immortal, the guys from Immortal didn't let him stay with him, stay with them. He had to rent a fucking hotel room when he went to Bergen. Oh, man. <laughs> just, he just wasn't liked. No. That's crazy. Oh man! All right. And the inner circle, like they, they're the ones that tell this true story where no one liked him, but everyone on the outer circle idolized him because they were duped by this crazy megalomaniac. Just by his ideas. And yeah. What he thought of, 
And I can see that too because again, they look for some weird. I don't want to say anything. he was at the time of his death. He was twenty four. Like Burzum and Darkthumb, they were nineteen. Emperor was seventeen. Enslaved was fifteen. Oh man, it was easy to fucking manipulate these guys. Okay, they're yeah. dumb teenagers. Yeah, they're still they're still very impressionable, especially yeah, they with were what all, they, they saw. They were all really young when all this happened, man. <laughs> Holy shit! Let's uh, let's finish playing this trailer. Described the murder as extremely violent. Either you do it for the cause. You take action, or you do it because you want attention. You can't have it both ways. <laughs> the suspect known as the Count has You pretend to be my friends so you can hit me off guard? Why do you care about him so much? See, looks like... Pause it, go ahead. Let's hear what Kevin has to say. They portray him as this emotionally unstable douchebag. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on. It's fucking a bunch of emo kids, man. But he, he does probably have like some real heartening message in his in what he believes in. Yeah. Not the way they portray it here, where it's just like, I got yeah, my own problems. Like, they're they're going to gloss over that a lot of them claim that Euronymous was all talk, no action. I think they're going to gloss all over that, that he was probably wasn't, they're going to gloss over that no one liked him at the time of his death. Varg was super paranoid that Euronymous was going to kill him. That's why he killed Euronymous. He was convinced that Euronymous was out to get him. Oh, Just man. extreme paranoia took over. <laughs> Dude, that's so crazy. Let's finish this off. Black metal. I sent it. And now you betray it. No. You have this dream, this vision. You were in control. You were a leader. You still be all of those things if you wanted to. Everyone around you are disgusting little insects. Let's go! Is that James Franco? Go back. Go back. As Hellhammer? That would be hilarious. The guy with the bandana. I, br I believe that's Hellhammer. It looks like James Franco so much every time I see this trailer. Get ready to pause it. Now. Ah, oh, man. But that guy with the bandana looks like... I don't think like... it is. No, it has to be. It has <laughs> he to be. He would have been in the credits. He would have been named. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. <laughs> been like, James Franco. To, to make more money. <laughs> Dude, imagine. Oh, this movie would be even more of a hit. Do it. I love this scene, too. Like, in the woods. Hi, Pellet's dad. We're going to the summer house, and we would love it if you come. And that's the suicide, right, at the end? Where he yeah, killed. but the suicide note was way longer. And he killed himself, though. Yeah, but there is speculation that Euronymous convinced him to do it. Some people believe Euronymous actually did it, but that's not true. The uh, Varg thought uh, Euronymous did it initially, but then, like, the only reason... No, he what he said was, the only reason I didn't think he did it, because Euronymous was out of town when Dad killed himself. Okay. That's the only reason why Varg didn't think... Euronymous did it. Did it. Okay. And Euronymous was a psycho. The first thing he did when he found dead, dead, <laughs> dead, dead, <laughs> his best friend, first thing he does, 
grab a fucking camera and take a picture of it. That's crazy to think about, too. Is like The guy was a fucking psycho. Oh, he was man. into snuff films at the very end, dude. Like, the other members of, Hell, of Mayhem were like, this guy's fucking nuts. What are we going to do, right? Varg claims Hellhammer was happy. Holy shit. When it, when it happened, because Varg claims Hellhammer called him. was like, hey, did you hear about Euronymous? And Varg was like, yeah. No one knew Varg did it at the time. That's another interesting story behind that. And uh, Hellhammer, Varg claims Hellhammer said good riddance. Damn. Good riddance. His own drummer said may have said good riddance. Damn. <laughs> and if you look at it... Um, <coughs> Once Euronymous was out of the scene and Dead was out of the scene, it kind of thrived because they were the ones that were like, you need to be Satanist, you need to be evil, you need to dress in black all the time and have spikes and leather and all this bullshit. It was just an image at that it point. It was just an image. Oh, man. It was a fucking Halloween costume. That's so crazy. Yeah. Because, see, yeah, they again, like you said, it was more of a message until it got turned into... Mm-hmm. And then he killed Euronymous. His crazy trial happened. Varg claims that uh, the mainstream media and the Norwegian officials used him as a scapegoat to scare all these other black metalers into, like, stop fucking around. All right. Okay. And it kind of worked. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense, too. Oh, man. And then they turned it into, like, what it is now because they didn't want it to be as extreme, you know? Like, mm -hmm. hey, look what's happening. You guys... You're going to play your music. Make sure it's not as as extreme as this. Right. Oh, man. But right, because... <laughs> yeah. And that's, I don't know. The more I look into this, it's like, this movie's going to be bullshit. It probably will. Yeah. Now that I see more of it and then expl you explaining it more to me, I mean, it does kind of seem like it's going to be bullshit. But yeah, in the, in the deleted scenes, I think, of Until the Light Takes Us, they were talking about how... When Euronymous was killed, the entire scene was freaking out because um, they were talking mad shit about Swedish and Finnish black metal bands at the time, okay. trying to start like a, a rivalry, you know, in in, in a way, you know. And uh, before all this happened, Fenris got a, a letter from some Swedish band saying like they were gonna fucking start taking him out or something like that. What? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, and then that happened. So then they didn't know Varg did it at the time. So they thought so, it was a... Like, so they thought, like, Swedish or Finnish bands were trying to take him out. So Fenris was carrying a, a two-handed axe everywhere he went. Oh, Hellhammer shit. said they started stocking up on guns and weapons. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. And that's... I don't want to say it's the equivalent of a gang war, but that's, like, pretty much what was going on there. Mm -hmm. Like, shit. And we... Oh, man. But still, I still think America's way worse. America's way worse. Yeah. I don't know. But <laughs> Another funny thing is Varg is complaining a lot because the actor that, uh, <laughs> the actor that uh, they casted for him. The main one, right? The Varg dude. Okay, the... The okay. main guy is Rory Culkin, Macaulay Culkin's brother. That is his brother? Yeah. Okay. Uh, he was actually in uh, Sneaky Pete. Uh, he was in that show as well. But that's but crazy. The, uh, the guy playing Varg, I think his name is Emery Cohen. Okay. His last name's Cohen. Cohen. Which is Jewish. And everyone knows that Varg is pro-Hitler, 
racist and hates Judaism. He hates his Islam and Christianity too. That's that's another weird thing. If you're critic, if you're uh, if you criticize Judaism, it's easily to fly. Oh, you're racist. Like no, it's it's the religion he disagrees with. But he is pro Hitler. Okay. And he is kind of racist. And he's subtle with it in his videos. I've been watching it, trying to like, like, um, hear those cue points. Yeah, hear those cue points. Like, what is he really trying to say here? All those subtle little hints, you know, okay. of uh, you know, Aboriginal Europeans are the fucking dominant race. We were wiped or something before. Some okay, I see what you're saying. Just like propaganda or whatever. Yeah. Subtext. 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 Okay. I try to look out for the subtext in his videos because he is fucking pro-Hitler and racist. That's crazy. So do you think his popularity then more is going to be because of this movie? Yeah, if this movie succeeds or fails, like he's going to benefit from this, I, wonder, I think. I wonder what. Because if they look, if they if people want to look for the truth, they're probably going to go to Until the Light Takes Us or his YouTube channels. And he promotes the fuck out of his books. And he has a role-playing game, too, that he made. Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He introduced all those guys to D&D. And they were like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) Back in the day, you know? Yeah. He was a fucking nerd. Burzum is Elvish for darkness from Lord of the Rings. Oh, man. Okay. (laughs) So they do have that nerdish mentality. Yeah. It's just a bunch of dudes wanting to play music. Yeah, it was a bunch of nerds just trying to say fuck you to the system. (laughs) That's so crazy that it turned into this epic story this actual thing that happened and now it's weird that it's getting adapted though that's what makes it even weirder like you said they were trying to do it but then it got no funding or whatever now they got yeah they tried to release this in 2010 i saw that it said vice vice presenting it yeah that's crazy which is which is another thing i there's this vice interview about true norwegian black metal where they interview the former frontman of gorgoroth gall That that American interviewer sucked. It was a Vice interview. That interview sucked. At one point, Gall is like, you just don't get it. And the interview is like, guide me through this. Gall's like, no, and just sits there in silence. Oh, man. And it looks like a still shot, except there's a lit candle in the background. So he's just like staring, staring off. Like, I don't want to fucking talk to this guy anymore. Oh, man. Because I remember (coughs) uh, the the doc, not the documentary, but the... It's kind of like a music documentary with uh, heavy metal history, and he has uh, from I can't remember head metal headbanger banger head metal Sam. Something. Headbangers ball? No, it's oh. a there's a there's a there's a YouTube channel now that has okay. has a that promotes a lot of metal, but I cannot remember the the name of the guy Sam something. But anyways. He does a documentary about the history of heavy metal starting from the Black Sabbath era all the way to American metal, which he's calling like Lamb of God and Killswitch Engage and shit like that. But he has one segment of the black metal scene and he does have an interview with Gall and it's just what it's the most bone chilling. Oh, my God. It's just so scary because he literally does portray like if he is Satan. I don't want to say like he is, but he is fucking He's evil. He's so sick the way he he just presents himself. He's I seem like he is true black metal. No, you're cool. Yeah. Gaul is I don't know. And that interview is weird cuz uh, he talked about his past. He went to 
the equivalent of public or not public school, but his the schooling he went to. He was from a small town. Yeah, he went to school with one other kid for like all throughout the public school or the equivalent of. And uh, <laughs> once they both graduated, the kid that the only kid he fucking grew up with in school killed himself. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> Holy shit! And they were both like you know. Norwegians are pretty quiet themselves, keep to themselves, you know. Yeah, that's thanks. another reason why I was able to relate to these guys. I'm quiet, I keep to myself, I don't like people. Yeah, you're not <laughs> trying to, like, interact with giant crowds and mm-hmm. stuff right away. And yeah. That's crazy to think about, though, that he grew up with just that one just friend. That one friend. I don't know if they were even friends, the one schoolmate. Oh, that's even crazier. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> that, yeah, gall. So, yeah. Man, Gorgoroth is another... I can see why he has that persona. I hope, like, that's his true self, not just... I think that is. That has to I think, be. I hope so. That has to be. Because that, that was another thing about the parody black metal. Like, it's just... It's all fake. It's all fake. All for show. Let's make some money, guys. So you do you, do you still believe that there are those true black metal people out there? Like, here's an example. Like, golf. Fans, for sure, but... Amongst the bands, it's Burzum and Dark Throne. And Burzum stopped playing music five years ago. He retired five years ago, stopped playing metal seven years ago. His last two albums weren't metal. Oh, okay. And even he argues that, like, he didn't play black metal after 1993 within Burzum. Even though a lot of people would consider it yeah. black metal. Mm-hmm. See, that's so crazy in itself, too. Because, you know, originators of other music genres, they wholeheartedly still believe that that's still yeah. alive and kicking. It's it's still going. Those are, the, those are the only two that kept the shitty fucking recording style, that, that same sound. They didn't give in to commercialism. Yeah, see, they better portray that in the movie, too. Like those, the, the true black, true Norwegian black metal bands, it's maybe mayhem, but they kind of... They changed their recording style. Yeah, they went professional, right? They mm-hmm. go to a good. They tour school. all the fucking time now. This is just gonna bust, boom their status even yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. Whether gonna, this movie is good or bad, succeed or fails, like it's, it's they're they're gonna benefit from this. It, holy shit! Because there's gonna be a lot of people that are gonna see this that don't know anything about black metal, mm-hmm. and they're their first. And it might be an enjoyable experience with that uh, mentality, but. I don't have that mentality. I know way too much about this. I can see that too. <laughs> so we're, uh, in my opinion, we're just going there to see it, see what they portray. Mm-hmm. That's all. We're just yeah. Like, hopefully, I, it's yeah, a it, it decent was, job. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I want to see how much, how inaccurate the story is, and I wanted to see the church burnings on the live on the big screen. Okay. But I watched an interview with the director about that. They're, they're, of course, I'm not surprised about it. They're models. They're about the third of the actual Oh, my size. God. Yeah. Yeah. They went, the f- according to the director, they <laughs> the, f- the f- filming only took 18 days for this movie, dude. Really? 18 days. Holy it was filmed shit. in Budapest except for the, the Norwegian church scene. They went to Norway to film the outside of it. The priest said, no, you can't film the inside of it. So they built a set of the inside of it. And then they built a, a model a third of the scale when they burned it. Holy shit. And the wood made from that model 
was from the Blade Runner set. What? <laughs> yeah. So they just used scrap. Because Ridley Scott is a producer, I think. It's what the fucking director said. They're like, hey, we got some scrap wood. Yeah. We got scrap wood in the back. So, like, that's kind of cool. Oh, man. <laughs> They're that... burning down the Blade Runner set. <laughs> <laughs> We're done with this. We don't need it anymore, guys. <laughs> that's so sick. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. The way Hollywood works, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Uh, 16, you said? 18 days of filming. 18 days. What and the fuck? It was all in Budapest except for the Norwegian, the exterior Norwegian church scenes. Oh, man. See, that that kind of gives me a little spectacle as well, too. Like, only 18 days. 18 days. It took them fucking 10 years to get the funding for this, and they film it in 18 days. <laughs> and the way they make it and look. And they get Val Kilmer's son to play dead. They get Rory Culkin. They get em- Emery Cohen, the Varg dude. He's a... He's done stuff too. They're like possibly they're, they're Jay Franco is Hammer. They're not no name actors, but they're not very well known. Either. Yeah, they're like this what BC Jack, class. Val Kilmer's son is playing dead. Oh man. <laughs> so yeah, they're actually gonna they'll have their friends. They'll have a lot of people that go see these movies. Like you know, they're gonna be like, here we go. This is. Mm-hmm. What do you think though? Is it more of like an independent thing for them? They're like, let's try something new with our our acting style. Let's try something we've never tried before. Because this seems kind of like. Kind of new. I mean, I've never really. I mean, what they've been. Unfortunately, I'm, un, I'm unfamiliar with all these actors. I don't know any of their previous work. I only remember the main actor was in a, a like a drama slash like I don't know. It was stupid. It was great. I liked uh, it. Like Hollywood cast a Jewish guy to play Varg. Like uh, that's that, a, that's a big like. They didn't cast any Norwegian peoples. That's another fuck you to Norwegian nationalism. <laughs> that's gonna be great. I wonder, it's only going to be a select theaters, maybe? Probably. Probably. Yeah, it's going to be like... I've only seen trailers of it on the internet, you know. Um, I'm not seeing it on television. But if it's coming out in like two weeks... Right. Yeah, it has to be in select theaters, probably. Maybe with that like one block with one movie screen. There has to be one Albuquerque theater playing it. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Well, we have to see it. You have to totally see it. I'll see it too, and we'll do another review over it again. Have a come in and talk about it. Be like, dude, what the hell? Yeah. I, I love the makeup. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, because that's oh, I still can't wait to see what they're gonna do. Now that I'm super skeptical, it's like the story in itself, like you, the way you portrayed uh, the bass player too. He's like, he's not an emotional little bitch throwing tables around. I'm like, oh, no. my life is a little. He was trying to organize like serious change and like an actual political message, and now he's like, Black Metal sucks since 1993 because there's no message anymore. It's about making money. Yeah. Shock. Shock metal. Shock rock. Yeah, shock rock. It turned into shock rock. (laughs) Maybe that's why they assume it. Maybe because it did turn back into what it was, Mm -hmm. what they thought it might be. Or that's just what they want to name it. It's like, let's call it shock. They rock. only accomplish starting a trend. And that's the one thing they didn't want to do. <laughs> What's up? Have you guys ever heard of Metal Evolution? Yeah, there you go. Uh, have you seen that show? It's called Metal Evolution. I don't think so. It's a, I think it was an eight-part series on VH1 Classic where he goes into in-depth. It's based off that movie. Oh, okay. But it goes in-depth into each genre yeah. of music. Okay, and I've talks heard about of that. It. I haven't seen it, though. It's pretty cool. Uh that that's what uh he did the eight part episode but he did a movie before that there was a movie called uh heavy metal a headbanger's journey and that's where he has that interview with gall like you should pull it up uh just the headbanger's journey gall interview 
and it's not that long. It's maybe like a good two minutes. But again, I don't know if he just does that with interviewers because it kind of seems like he's portraying himself the same way you just said. Like he's just yeah. like, I just I don't know. He is says, it, "Is it an act with these guys?" He says two words. I think he just says Satan and right. like what fuels his. It was, it was funny to hear uh, Varg make fun of other bands. You can put the first one. That's fine. Watch for the ad. If the meat told you. Ah, <laughs> oh, and this message is brought to you by. I'm just kidding. Here we go. You telling us what is the, the 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 primary ideology or primary ideas that fuel Gorgoroth Gorgoroth's music. Satan. I know, dude! <laughs> I know! Sip some wine. Is that all he says? That's it. Oh. He said one more thing on another part of that interview, too. But yeah, it was just... That's, that's so gall. Oh, man. <laughs> So that's crazy to think about, too, is the way he portrays himself. And I don't know. Have you ever seen interviews with a a Abbott from uh, Immortal? Yeah, he's hilarious. Yeah, he's this I love joking Abbott. guy, always talking yeah, funny shit. He has a shit. fucking sense of humor. Like, he knows this is all a joke. He knows he's a fucking evil Gene Simmons. Okay, see that? Okay, I can <laughs> he see He knows it. he's doing over-the-top shit. Like, he's the only... They're really the only ones that kept with the fucking face paint from the old scene. Okay, so they still, after the whole... Yeah, because the they were like died. one of the one of the first after the that those the three big three Dark Throne Burrs and Mayhem Immortals like one of the first to come after them. Okay, that actually did good success because I'm pretty sure there was a bunch of other bands trying to make it, but you know mm -hmm. it happens with what it was. And another thing, I think they're gonna gloss over Euronymous's uh, record label because he was a horrible businessman. His record shop was a financial black hole, according to. Dark Throne and Burzum. So that was going on, all that stuff, too? He had his own little record label? Yeah, he had his own record label. He signed Burzum. Sai's first album was signed with them. Uh, Enslaved's first album. Holy shit. Um, yeah. So, oh, so we should see these other bands in this movie. We should. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, Emperor was going to sign with them, but he died, so then... In, in the Nightside Eclipse was uh, postponed because they had to find another record label. Yeah, hopefully they don't gloss over that then. That does seem he like a He was a horrible businessman. That's why Varg started to hate him so much. Losing money. Yeah, just... like, and, and Mayhem too. They weren't getting any royalties from the selling of their albums because he was using all that money to pay his rent or whatever the fuck he was doing. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. And that just sucks. It's just bad business thing. Right? Yeah, it's like they're going to totally gloss over why they he it, he was hated. Yeah. <laughs> Again, make him seem like an emotional yeah, little bitch. Yeah, like, and why um, Varg wanted to kill him is because he was convinced Euronymous wanted to kill Varg. Okay, yeah. He was extremely paranoid. I remember that. And he interview. approached it poorly because he went to his, he woke him up in the middle of the night, went to his apartment. Varg went to his apartment, fucking <laughs> was super aggressive with him. And uh, Euron according to Varg, he explained the whole. Uh, killing of Euronymous and until the light takes us. Yeah, he went to go get 
he's like he saw him going for a knife, right? And so he stabbed him. No, he thought oh. this. This is what happened. He goes. He. No one likes Euronymous at this point. They're not friends anymore. All of his, and he starts hearing that uh, Euronymous wants to kill him. And uh, he's not, Euronymous he, isn't just telling everyone and anyone that walks into his shop. He's telling close friends. Okay. And that's why Varg took it so seriously. When someone starts threatening your life, you start fucking. Yeah, I was thinking about it, like, you, what the hell? You start, you do, you think and do irrational things. And that was one of them. And uh, so, out of nowhere, Euronymous calls Varg. Well, Varg claims that a Blackthorn, the guitarist of Mayhem, at the time, was living with Varg, and Euronymous called Blackthorn and was telling him over the phone, "I'm going, I'm going to kill Varg. I'm going to capture him, torture him oh my God. in the woods, and film all this." And like the guys from Mayhem said, like we didn't like him because because of the financial black hole of the shop, and he was getting into snuff films. So there you go. <laughs> There's already a reason. Yeah. So. Uh, so he told Blackthorn over the phone, I'm going to do all this. And Blackthorn was living with Varg. And he's like, told Varg, come over here. Listen to all this. Varg claims he heard all this over the phone directly from Euronymous. And it, he said it's in the it's in the court documents, but you have to go to like the Oslo <laughs> uh, okay. courthouse to go fucking see it. But it's all on public record over there, apparently. So, Euronymous calls him out of nowhere. They're not friends anymore. He's being friendly, trying to um, convince Varg to sign this record deal with Burzum, for Burzum with Deathlike Sentence, Deathlike Silence Records, okay. which is his record label. So, he's like, okay, fine. So, he drives from Bergen to Oslo, 500 kilometers, which is about 300 miles. Uh, through mountains, bad roads. He finally makes it at four in the morning. He drove there with Blackthorn, the guitarist from Mayhem, and he goes over there with the contract, and he's he's convinced, like, he wants to kill me. Why is he being friends with me? Why is he trying to do this record uh, contract all of a sudden? He's trying to get close to me to take me out. So he just, he approached it all wrong. He's okay. super aggressive, goes to his apartment at four in the morning, Wakes him up. He's being super aggressive, saying, telling him he doesn't want to sign the record. He's done. He doesn't want to be a part of this anymore. And then Euronymous is paranoid and freaked out. Varg claims he attacked him, kicked him. And Varg was like, I'm shocked that he attacked me. Like, why? Or weren't You went to his apartment to fucking kill him, and you're shocked that he's attacking, that he's you. attacking you? And there's, there's some claims that he's changed his story over the years. Whatever. <clears throat> So Euronymous kicks him. He uh, like pushes him into a lamp, and like he's swimming in glass shards, as he put it. And then he starts running to the kitchen. Okay. And Varg thinks he's gonna run for a knife or a weapon. He thinks he's gonna do that. He doesn't know. So he pulls out a pocket knife, stabs him in the back a couple times. A couple times? Do you a remember the times. number? I'll I'll get to that. Ah! Hold on. And uh, then he tries to run upstairs to his. He tries to run to his bedroom. And uh, Varg thought uh, the sh he had dead shotgun, the shotgun that Dead used to kill himself. Yeah. He thought that shot that shotgun was in Euronymous's bedroom. He thought he was going for the shotgun, so he follows him. Well, he doesn't go to his bedroom. He goes outside and tries to escape. Varg follows him, 
<coughs> claims he stabs him, finds him in a parking lot, stabs him once in the head, kills him instantly, and then Blackthorn starts freaking out because he's with him, so he has to calm Blackthorn down. And the, the reports are it was 23 stab wounds. Yeah. According to Varg, the medical uh, coroner that examined the body um, labeled the glass shards, the glass punctures, as stab wounds as well. So who knows? Who knows? Either way, he fucking stabbed him in the head, went to his house being super aggressive, stabbed him in the head in self-defense. Okay. So even the way that they portrayed it, like made it seem like he did it with evil intent when it could have just exactly been what he said is self-defense. Yeah. He was convinced Euronymous wanted to kill Varg, so Varg took him out. That's crazy. That's good. That's so crazy. And he's claiming that the glass wounds, the medical team labeled them as stab wounds. That's what he claims. Who knows? Who knows is that fucking true? That That's crazy to think about, too, because you can imagine glass shards doing some sort of damage to your back or wherever the, the glass hit, punctured him. Mm-hmm. But he did say he stabbed him in the back a couple times thinking he's running off to get a weapon when okay. he was just trying to escape. <laughs> oh, man. So there More is... than likely trying to. So who the fuck knows? I wasn't there. Right, exactly. We're only getting one side of the story because one of them's dead. Oh, man. That's the worst <laughs> part, too, is that it's only one-sided. Mm-hmm. But like Darkthroat and Mayhem have confirmed some of the things he said. They have not openly said like, "Yeah, Euronymous wanted to kill him." And in all this, Blackthorn, he gets overlooked in all this because he gets labeled as an accomplice because he went with Varg to do to go do all this. He didn't know Varg was going to do this. Oh, okay. Varg was ready to take him out too because he was. The guitarist of Mayhem. Oh man, so he might, you know, <laughs> like help they're his both trying. To, yeah, they're yeah. both trying to take me out. Blackthorn ended up spending eight years in prison as an accomplice for all this. Oh man, and he gets overlooked. If you like black metal, check out Thorns. His band Thorns. Thorns is badass. Okay, and it kind of gets lost and forgotten in all this. It's just yeah, because he has so much of a controversy behind mm-hmm. him, and in the. In the trial and his testimony, he came off as kind of insane. Oh man! So he was not very a very reliable source for Varg. I could see that then, which backfired. And Varg blamed a lot on his lawyer. He was young and naive, so he trusted his lawyer to a fault. Oh, so there's a and lot. And he blame of... he blames the mainstream media for portraying him as a bad Satanist, bad guy, Satanist, evildoer. And that, it wasn't about Satanism. It was never about worshiping Satan. It was about being provocative and pissing off Christians. This is going to be good. should be good. It should be good to see what they portray as as history, whatever they want to do with it. And let's see what it does. I honestly feel like we might see an emergence of black metal. Maybe it's just a trend, you know. Kids start listening to black metal. Kanye West wear a fucking black metal shirt something stupid like that but I feel like because of this I mean more people will at least get to know black metal maybe that's a good thing maybe that's a bad thing I don't know true black metalers would say that's a bad thing this isn't for everyone this music isn't for everyone but that's true of every music right mm-hmm. I mean a bunch of people are always like you can't listen to trap music that's why I listen to freaking dubstep like 
I can't listen to thrash metal anymore because it's thrash. I need something more extreme, more amazing, and, and uh, comes into something like black metal. Another thing that confirmed a lot of what they said about Euronymous um, being a douchebag is he did this famous Swedish interview in 1993 promoting Damn Mysterious album, and he just comes off as a total douchebag. And it's on YouTube. Just check out your, like, search Euronymous interview and then search for, like, the Swedish 1993 Swedish radio interview. He just comes off as a giant douchebag. He's saying stuff like, oh, um, Mayhem only releases stuff if we know the music's perfect. It, even if it takes 10 years, we'll, uh, we won't release just album after album, which isn't true. According to Varg and Dark Throne, he was lazy. They weren't oh. they weren't rehearsing towards the end, and Hell Hellheimer was pissed. Other the other members of Mayhem were pissed too, probably. Hellhammer just... was mad because they were never rehearsing. Oh, they were just living off reputation because they were the first metal band in Oslo. That sucks. So like the potential of the band growing too just was the. Euronymous of... was just holding not only Mayhem back but the entire fucking scene. He had to leave the scene. It's unfortunate that he was killed in order to do so, but like black metal thrived after that, in my opinion. I can see the that. true black metal died. The yeah, the true black metal, but the idea. <sighs> but the trendy idea came the out. The trendy black metal that the mall kids like that thrived. <laughs> it's it's it, it's booming. Like oh my god, I remember when I first started to get into black metal, it was all about like Demon Board Gear or like something mm-hmm. like really like. Yeah, symphonic. I listened. To, I listened to Cradle of Filth at first, and then I listened to Demon Board Gear's Puritanical Euphoric Misanthropia. Oh man, I borrowed that CD from my friend Jeff, and I was listening listening to it in a f- freshman English class. And like my mind's being blown, and like everyone is oblivious to like whatever how on. how much that moment is gonna shape my life. <laughs> That's so sick. <laughs> Just oblivious to this crazy experience I was having. There's yeah, I love how that happens sometimes too with music. That's just one of those experiences. I remember getting a Evan had a burnt CD in his CD player, and I didn't even know what it was. It's just a blank CD. So I took it and I got to borrow it and I just ended up listening to Children of Bodom forever. It's just like, this is the best fucking thing ever. Like, I can't believe I don't know who this is. It took me a while to figure out who it was, but I asked, do you remember Matt? Uh, not little kid Matt, but it was named, he was an older Matt, like really uh, bushy hair. Uh, I can't remember. I don't want to say his last name because I don't want to give him out that mad, but uh I know we've hung out with him a few times, and you know I'm him. I'm sure I'd recognize him. I'm bad with names. But he, uh, he's the one that told me, that's like, yeah, he lent Evan that CD. It's Children of Bodom. And since then on, it was just like, you know, a, an awakening of fucking, wow. Is he the guy that had the chameleon? Did he have a chameleon? One of Evan's friends that was into metal had a chameleon. Again, he had, like, really, really bushy hair like the guy from oh, Coheed and Cambrio. No, no, he had short hair. Yeah, he had giant hair like Coheed and Cambrio's guy. Fucking um, oh, wait, he joined the army, right? Yeah, yeah okay, yeah. yeah. Matt. Oh my god, Matt. Matt yeah, Sideshow Bob. Matt. Sorry, Matt. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, him. It was because of him that I got into Children of Bodom, and it's just that awakening of music that just blew me away. So, the only sad part is that Children of Bodom just released a new album, and they're not coming here to tour. 
Fuck. Fucking U.S. travel visas, man. They are coming to America, but they're only coming to certain places. Why oh, can't you come okay. to New Mexico? Okay. It's easy. It's easy. It's a flyover state. You always <laughs> come over fucking... You always come to New Mexico. Why would you not come this time? Oh, they're making that money. Oh, man. It looks like a good album, though. It's called Hex. I don't know if you saw the, the uh, song that they released with it called... Under glass and oh, I saw it on Spotify. I've been meaning to listen to that. You will, I think you'll like it. It has a cool dual keyboard back. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a, it's a little bit lower tuned, so it sounds a little more heavier, but it's obviously melodic and stuff. Well, it's cool stuff. I can't wait to actually hear the whole album. But that's something to look forward to. Are you looking forward to any music coming out? Anybody? Anything in general? Uh, my friend Alex invited me to the show. He's thinking about driving out to Austin in March. It's a Baroness, Deaf Heaven, and Zeal and Ardor. Oh, nice. Baroness headlining. Cool. I really like Baroness. I think I might go. That'd be sick. Go to that show with him. Where is it at again? Austin. Austin. In March. Because they're not coming here. Yeah, see? <laughs> if any, the closest place would be to Denver or something to go yeah. see the Children of Bodom concert, mm-hmm. which is just so sad. Um, I don't know. Is there any music? Uh, Psy released a new album a few months ago, the Japanese black metal. Oh, okay. No, I don't know. They're black metal. They're like avant-garde, experimental. But they're really good. Psy. Psy, S I G H, not that weird Korean pop guy. Okay, <laughs> looking up Psy, and it's just this. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll check them out. I need to check out some, some of that too. That's crazy, dude. This story, we got to get back to it though. After we see the movie, we'll talk about it some more and yeah, see what's up. Um, I'm gonna have to watch it twice because the first time I'm gonna be I'm gonna be like holding a clicker. Okay, that's a lie. That's a lie. Click, click. Okay, there's a thousand lies. Oh, the counter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you the be, counter. Keep the counter going. Uh, you're just going to be like, have you ever seen that YouTube channel, Cinema Sins? Yeah. Yeah, you're going to be yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. You're, you'll comment and then tell like, you why. Okay, that was cool. <laughs> Minus five to the <laughs> counters. It's like, why is the fire this big and if you only use one little piece of gasoline? Come on, Cinema Sin. Yeah. I mean, stupid shit like it that. It is funny when he's explaining the scale of the churches. He said if if we made them any smaller, it would look like a Godzilla movie from the 50s. <laughs> <laughs> that's, why said, that's why I laughed when he said it was a scale. Like, I wouldn't even have thought of that. It looked real. Mm-hmm. They did a good job if yeah. it was a scale Yeah, thing. I think they did like Lord of the Rings angle manipulation or something. They like we need it at the right like if it's any smaller than three feet, it's gonna look shitty. It's gonna look shitty. Mm-hmm. So that's cool to think about that they went with that aspect too. It's gonna be good. What's up? Anything else that's been bothering you out in the world? I have a problem. Um just lack of there's so much false information on social media. Really? If, he, if that's what I wanted to talk about, if you ever invited me to just do another podcast, but but then I saw this movie and I've been obsessing over it. And <laughs> like I need to fucking talk about this. Nice. <laughs> so, but well, okay. <coughs> what do you mean about the false media, uh, false information? It's just we don't know how to fact check anymore. It doesn't. Facts don't mean anything. There's so much false information on Facebook. And it's just just reading comments in Facebook is just the worst. It's to the point where, like, uh, the economy is doing this. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, you sound like fucking children. Source. Post some sources. Okay. Back up your claims. So even Do better at arguing and debating. 
We all need to do better. <laughs> so, so even when somebody does post up a source or anything, that should be more intent for them to go research it, right? Not just to start commenting under yeah. it. Yeah. Because that's exactly the problem yeah. I see all and the then, time too. Yeah, and when people say like, "Oh, just do a quick Google search," I don't stop being lazy and make me do all the research for you. I'm doing. I'm telling you to post your sources to benefit you. It helps you and your credibility. If you start spewing shit and posting a bunch of numbers without sourcing anything, you sound like a crazy person. <laughs> oh man, and that's true too because you can be posting the sources just to discredit them to mm -hmm. make them really seem like they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, and that's okay. Here's another example that I love that Joe Rogan was talking about is that we kind of need this false information. We need people being stupid with this false information so that we can just. I don't want to say we will do it, but we just got to be like, that's not true. And then once everyone sees that it's not true, it's a like a domino effect. Like maybe he's right. And then it turns into actually turning into fact. So we have to let the bullshitters bullshit so that the real fact people that do call them out on their facts start making a trend for other people to start right. doing it. Because right. we don't, right. not a lot of people do it. That's right. the problem. Like you and did I, say. I think we've talked about it before. It's okay to be speculative but just you can't straight up deny facts yeah exactly it's especially if it's or ad admit facts when you're arguing stuff that's beyond your expertise or knowledge you know it's just yeah it's hard uh, yeah yeah thanks to trump everyone is an expert economist all of a sudden oh, man. all of a sudden everyone is an expert politician expert negotiator everyone knows everything about foreign policy and do you think it's just because of the way he portrays himself? They uh, see he's, it. He's just such a catalyst that it's it's he's this whole landscape is tr tapping into tribalism. You know, you know. Oh, he's on my team, so it's okay that he's doing this. Oh, he's not on my team, so everything he does is bullshit. I like how you brought like, that up too, because we're like, going back to the whole fucking that. How how is that possible? Just because you're anti-Trump doesn't mean every single thing he does is bad. That how how can that be fucking possible? There there has to be something you agree with with him. It's just he did it, so fuck him. You know exactly. That's what it is. <laughs> you they're putting themselves in these two sides, which yeah. it sucks. Again, we're back to the whole like, are you from the left or are you from the right? When people have good yeah, ideas like, from both yeah, sides. Just, I'm a liberal, but I hate Christianity. Like, yeah, see, I'm an individual. I don't speak on behalf of any demographic. <laughs> so you wouldn't know. Yeah, you can't be spewing out things that say like, oh, well, the Christian population is like speeding out this where it's like, I don't really know because I'm speaking through right. myself. Right. And, that and just I don't speak for all liberals because I hate Christianity and a lot of these religions need to go away. A lot of liberals don't agree with me. And that's what's weird, too, <laughs> to think about is that you have a lot of liberal ideas with other liberals besides that one, which kind of deters you from actually being a liberal. Yep. Like, I'm not mm -hmm. going to label him a liberal yeah. because he has that yeah. wrong idea mm -hmm. of all the other liberals, yeah. which is kind of fucked up because you can't even have multiple ideas from different places anymore because it's, again, and then, tribalism. And then it's easy to get mislabeled. Like, did you, did you see Alex Jones on the Joe Rogan podcast? Yeah. With Eddie Bravo? That episode is hilarious. The 9-11 one? Yeah. 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 It that one. It, it's, it's so funny because uh, Alex Jones says that he considers himself a liberal, but the mainstream media suddenly labels him as this right-wing nut job because he's a Trump supporter. Oh, man. He wasn't a right-wing nut job before. He was just a nut job before Trump. <laughs> now they labeled him because and like, this guy. Like, yeah, and like he, he hated George Bush. He was mad that Al Gore was uh, lost the election. The election was stolen from him. Yeah. He hated George Bush, George W. Bush. 
Obama. But he hates the Clintons too. He didn't hate Obama at first. He was op- he was seeing like I don't, I don't really know what this guy's going to do, but then Obama became a globalist and then all of a sudden Alex Jones is like fuck Obama. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so that's yeah, fuck. But that oh, that podcast was hilarious because it's it's classic Alex Jones. He comes off as this articulate, intelligent guy, but then he starts talking about um, interdimensional Luciferian child molesters. Oh man, the gay frogs and shit. <laughs> yeah, the like gay that. frogs and what else was it? The the uh, the psychic vampires sucking the energy from our children. What? Yes. Oh <laughs> man. And like Joe Rogan tried to portray it as like he's just joking about all this. Like he's he's the conspiracy theorist guy, so that's why he goes with all this, you know. And it was funny to see Alex Jones like drinking whiskey and smoking a joint on that podcast. Like that podcast was super entertaining to me. <laughs> That's crazy, cause uh, I don't know if you've ever saw the one after that podcast. He has a podcast with Alex Jones again after that one, and there's some problems with it because uh, the, remember how he was saying about the Sandy Hook? Yeah, uh, he started spreading lies about Rogan. Yeah, that uh, supposedly that oh well Rogan wasn't asking the right questions, he wasn't telling me the right details or whatever. So yeah, that that was kind of crazy to think of itself too of how. Right. They do have the same ideas until a certain point because I guess Joe Rogan said he didn't know that uh, Alex Jones believed that all the actors, uh, they're crisis actors at the Sandy Hook thing. You know, Mike Child didn't really right. die and stuff. Right. And not only that, Rogan also said Alex Jones was saying the FBI was following Rogan and his family or somebody from the government was questioning him and his family and Rogan's like, that's not true. Yeah. That would have been a long time ago. Like Joe Rogan has been into conspiracies for quite a while now. I mean, like, you know, yeah. he had his own show. And on he constantly the... flip flops. It's really funny. He's had that show on sci-fi where he was like, Joe Rogan questions everything. So, right. I mean, I don't see why He's an... Joe Rogan's an interesting character. I like his podcast cause he'll bring people on to disagree with him. He doesn't mind being wrong and being fact-checked, you know? Yeah. He doesn't mind admitting he's wrong. Oh, man, there's been some pretty funny... And he always talks about fucking DMT. <laughs> that's that's a crazy in itself. Like, oh, man, going into hallucinogens is just a weird experience. But, like, yeah, the best Rogan podcasts, in my opinion, are when he has, like, scientists or... Uh, Intellectual guests. Or his, his uh, stand-up comedian friends. Some of them the are intellectuals and his comedian buddies; those, those are the best ones. Those are pretty funny because you know you could even get some good ideas from the comedians because they they do see it in a political aspect, but they joke about it. I mean, and right. that's what's the funniest thing about it. That's what I love about Joe Rogan too is that like he does see like really good like social issues or really good like things that are really hard hitting and need to be talked about, but can still joke about it in a way that get you yeah. thinking about it and he's good at debating and arguing because he, he doesn't stray off topic he's like no stop with the what about is we're talking about this we're yeah. not talking about that we're talking about this well who's saying that what are you talking about oh man like, he, i kind of want to put up this interview uh it's not an interview he's a really good interviewer because he had a podcast i don't know if you know who stephen crowell is he's a youtuber who kind of goes off and like he does things like at Trump rallies where he'll be like going to people and be like, why do you believe in this? And then he'll talk oh, yeah, to them. Change my mind. Yeah. He, yeah. He's that guy. Uh, he had, he was on Joe Rogan's podcast and they were actually having a really What's heated, his name? Uh, Steven Crowler. Okay. He was having a really heated debate about marijuana with Joe Rogan. And it was pretty bad because like he made it seem like he was getting uh, like kind of da- tag teamed by Jamie and uh, Joe Rogan because 
obviously Jamie can pull up the facts that he needs to, and Joe Rogan is talking. Yeah, and Jamie comes off as a liberal douche. <laughs> <laughs> so I can see why Stephen got a little upset, but that was a good little. If you ever have a chance, just look up uh, Stephen Crowder and uh, Joe Rogan arguing about marijuana because the, all the rest of the podcast is actually pretty good there's some political things they're talking about but just when they get to that marijuana aspect it's really bad because mm-hmm. he doesn't feel i think stephen crowler doesn't feel like uh it should be federally managed it should be more of a state thing which is fine but he just doesn't care and joe rogan's trying to explain to him like i've seen that clip he's trying to explain to that him, clip. and they're just going at and that's it. kind of silly like don't leave it up to the states it's silly that we can go to colorado and smoke, but then we cross this arbitrary fucking line on a political map, and it's illegal. Like, yeah, like it, it's I hate states' rights. Sometimes, sometimes, all or nothing in Some this case. Those, yeah. All or nothing in this case. Make it's, it like alcohol. Make yeah. it dry counties. Not every place has to sell it, but it should be fucking legal everywhere. Yeah, exactly. It should be viewed as alcohol and just have dry counties where you, okay, you don't want to sell marijuana here. Fine, that's fine. We'll just go to the next county. Yeah, somewhere where you're it would sell. Fucking, you're losing money. Good, good for you. And that's crazy <laughs> to think about too, because everyone sees the success that other uh, states are doing. That's they, why wouldn't it just be a right. federal thing? That's too much politics for me, though. I right. mean, oh man, it's just getting. And then to... that argument, that argument where they say like uh, traffic, traffic accidents, fatalities are going up in Colorado and other places where they legalize marijuana. Well, the population in those areas is also rising, so that's like correlation does not equal causation. Yeah, exactly. You know? There's more people there, so obviously. Yeah, exactly. And guess what? If you legalize something in certain areas. People are People going to flock to those fucking areas. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, with the whole distribution of those whole, like, uh, those THC cartridges now. They're only di- really distributed in California and in Denver, but they're spreading amongst everywhere because yeah. people go over there to go get them to bring them back right. to wherever they're at. Yeah, and that that's weird about, like, wax and all that and the THC in this um, state because a friend of mine works at a dispensary, and he's saying, like, the legislatures that passed all this, like the wax can only have a certain percentage of THC or the THC cartridge. There's a lot of weird regulations to it from these legislatures that don't know a fucking thing about it. It doesn't make any sense. So, the, okay, so. So, it, yeah, the wax they sell can only have a certain THC uh, percentage. Content level. Yeah, okay. yeah, concentration in this state. It's weird limit. There's weird limitations on like wax and stuff like that. So it's still uh, available in the wax form or the oil yeah. form. But if it were to come in like a marijuana form, like, you know, the leaf or the I'm flower. Not, I'm not sure about that. Because I, I, I do know that there is a, a law that was passed here where it says that you are even less fined now for more the more marijuana you have. So you can have up to an ounce on you and you still will only get a $25 fine. Yeah. So with that being said. Small amounts of marijuana are okay. So the highest concentration of marijuana in a flower is like, what, 28%, maybe 30 Yeah, but like cops and courts can't regulate that. It's really like the businesses that have to okay. regulate that. If we make something too powerful, we're not allowed to sell this. They're like, yeah. Because these we... dumb legislatures. They wouldn't be able to see how strong They don't know what cannabis, like, don't... <laughs> Riding a trend oh, it's a man. trend man cannabis is trendy let's go pro ch- cannabis is trendy all of a sudden let's check it out guys <laughs> yeah let's make some money off this <laughs> that's gonna be crazy well let's see i mean my friend says in the thing 
the next year or two it'll be passed here we'll be be able they're, to do they're it. introducing a, a bill into the mexico legislature state legislature okay the house democrats so we'll see where it goes from there it's about time Never should have been illegal in the first place. Well, I mean, the way that it even got illegal is crazy. Yeah. Because the story was like, because it was a kind of a, 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 like a kick to the industrial industry. They're like, dude, we can make so much more shit with hemp. Why don't mm-hmm. we use hemp? Right. And they're like, uh, we already right. have a really good monopoly with paper. Let's stick right. with cutting down trees and stuff. And then, then they're like, oh, look at look at all these Mexicans and black jazz musicians that are smoking this wacky wacky tobacco. Like according to Joe Rogan, uh, marijuana was originally a slang term for like Mexican wild Mexican tobacco. Really? Yeah. I'm trying to think like marijuana. Cannabis was like was it was uh, associated with that, but then like the white people needed to fucking <laughs> control the minorities that are all Smoking this fucking weird green plant and sleeping with our white women. Oh, man. <laughs> so, like, we're having and more like, hey, fun. let's demonize the Mexicans, too, by calling it marijuana. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy that those terms just came from shit like that. It's a crazy It's crazy how much legislation in, in America is uh, f- fueled by racism. <laughs> oh, man. Not only in the past, to this day. Yeah, they still To work. this day. That's crazy. That is so funny. <laughs> oh, man. A touchy subject, oh. probably. Um, how do you feel about what uh, people with uh, being gender neutral and stuff now? Uh, how much are you accepting it? One thing that I've been noticing that's a real big problem is that, like, this community of the LGBT, LFTW2, whatever number of letters <laughs> they have... <laughs> They are actually making it so that professors, scientific professors, cannot even do their course because they are offended by the scientific. Didn't Canada pass a law saying like you can't misrepresent gender? I don't. I don't know. Don't the thing isn't that isn't that why that Jordan Peterson guy got popular all of a sudden? Yeah, he well, was against that. Yeah, he is against that, and he feels like the way that they're portraying it is that it's super aggressive. Yeah. They're not bringing it in a way that is inviting, so that people will learn. It's forcing it on people, and mm-hmm. that's kind of scary to think about. Is because I don't know if you know this, but I'm pretty sure they said we can double check this. In New York, there are certain schools that are actually starting to have gender neutral bathrooms. So elementary schools. Well, the thing with gender-neutral bathrooms, are there multiple stalls, or is it like a bathroom in your house here? I think it's a multiple-stall thing. See, that's weird. So it's like... That's kind of weird. It's, it's, I, I, don't, I, just, I don't know much, enough about it to really have an opinion on it. See, that's what I'm... I'm still trying to do research on it as well, too. The thing that makes me the most upset is that the fact that actual professors... There's even a professor here from New Mexico known as Jeffrey Gregory... Gregory Jeffrey or something like that bathroom rights for transgenders but uh here in new mexico as well he's having that same problem with actually not being able to teach his actual proper criteria because of gender neutral or transgenders whatever are getting offended and they're really bringing it up like if it's a problem gender neutral bathrooms are weird i used to work at expo new mexico and gay pride fest is uh set over there held over there okay and they have gender neutral bathrooms during that time yes and it's just in and out just whoever's it's fucking weird 
And what I noticed is no one's trying to like check each other out. They're just trying to relieve themselves. Okay. And, uh, and at one point I was cleaning one of the restrooms and this couple, this, uh, old, older lesbian couple, like middle-aged lesbian couple, they asked me to leave the bathroom and I was like, they're gender neutral bathrooms and I'm, it's my job to clean these. Just let me do my job. And then they, they, they tried to, they kept saying like, could you please leave? I'm just trying to clean. And then, then they finally said, you're making our daughter un- uncomfortable because their daughter was with them. Okay. Eight-year-old kid at Pride Fest. <laughs> so what is an uncomfortable <laughs> there, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, whatever, whatever. Like, I was mad because... Uh, see, that's them pushing you. They're pushing you. That is... Oh, see, that's I, exactly... I wasn't, I wasn't mad about that. I was mad because I... <laughs> there was so many people that the... Uh, I don't know if you know this, but female restrooms, they have... Feminine hygiene trash cans. Oh, so you can throw your tampons and stuff. Yeah, those those were overflowing and uh. making the restroom smell horrific. Okay. And I was trying to clean those, and I was mad because like these need to be cleaned. So I had to go find a female coworker and demand that she go clean those because I just got kicked out of the restroom. <laughs> oh man! And yet you're at a festival which promotes equality. Mm-hmm. Wow. But I made them uncomfortable. Because I was making sure that the toilets they were using were clean. I feel like this is pretty bad. I feel like what's going on now with I, this. I can understand the backlash because it's easy to fear and hate things you don't understand. A lot of people don't understand this, yet it's being forced on them. I don't know what the solution is. That's like, the hardest part. Education? How do you edu- how do you legislate the education for this? See, and how can we educate when you get two different sides of how science should be portrayed? Science is science for a reason. I mean, right. we believe it right. because it's right. wholehearted facts. Right, and they're use they're it feels like they're using semantics to um, manipulate it to manipulate it because physically there's two genders. Yeah, biologically there's two genders, but mentally there's. Millions. Millions. I think they pretty much went with 72, but I'm just throwing a number out now. But that's exactly it. Like, it used to be labeled as a mental illness, and, like, I don't know what to think about that. Okay, here's here's the shittier part, that gaming, actual gaming. Yeah, the World Health Organization labeled that. That's a mental illness. Yeah. Why is that a mental illness, but you being able to switch your genders within 15 minutes? not, Not only that, why is not binge watching TV... Uh, yeah, a disorder. How is that different from video game? I'm interacting and actually doing something in the video game uh, instead of just staring blankly at a screen. And you know what's funny too is that <coughs> the fact that some time does get more spent because they promote that shit. They're just like, aren't you going to binge watch the new Orange is the New Black? That's almost like a legit, what, 72 hours of nonstop play all the way through. Are you going to do that? <laughs> right. That is that is probably really bad for your eyes. It's probably really bad for your mental health if you're not standing up and doing some stretching. I mean. It was great. Mystery Science Theater, the reboot. Yeah. The second season on Netflix. They made fun of this because they called it uh, The Gauntlet. And they said uh, it, it was six episodes, and each episode is an hour and a half long. Uh-huh. And they said they've recorded it all back to back. So they're they're making the guy and the robots binge perform this. Oh, okay. That's the way they portrayed it, and they told their fans to watch it, 
all the way through in a binge watch. Uh, and it's six episodes, an hour and a half long. That's nine hours. Oh, God. That, yeah, that's like a whole day. Like, just have nonstop. And they released it on Thanksgiving. So you have Thanksgiving dinner and then binge watch this for nine hours. Oh, man. And the funny thing is that, I got halfway through. Yeah, was, see, there was dedicated fans that tried. And that there were probably some that succeeded. They saw the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, I got man. through three episodes, and the third episode was really tough to get through. <laughs> oh, man. You're just like, were yeah. you just passing out? Just couldn't handle oh, yeah. it? You're yeah, all like... that fucking turkey. <laughs> <laughs> so much fat inside. Man, have you seen the new uh, Black Mirror movie, Bandersnatch? Have you heard about it? The interactive one? Yeah. Yeah. How'd you like it? Um, It was pretty interesting, but it, was, it felt like... No matter what you did. No matter what you did... Did you watch it? Yeah, I saw it. Okay, Spoiler well, spoilers. alert. If you guys are not wondering, go watch it. I, I like how, like, when you made the poor, the wrong decisions, they, like, gave you the option of tracking back. Okay. And I also like how it uh, it escalated. It's like, oh, first choice, what type of cereal do you want to eat? Oh, yeah, super second, simple. Second choice, what, what type of music do you want to listen to? Third choice, do you want to do you want to work from home or work in an office? It's, like, escalated to, like... Murder. What type of cereal? What type of music? Boom. What type of career do you want? <laughs> That's crazy. Did you get to go through the whole thing? Like, you know, there's so many different alterations. No, we only did uh, I only did one playthrough with my friends. So we we saw him jumping off uh, that that apartment with the, when he was tripping with that dude. Okay. He jumped off. The video game was shit. Everything we did, the video game was shit. And uh, they kept giving us the option, do you want to go back and do something else? Oh, okay. <laughs> Did you see... So, like, after with, with that, it felt like no matter what choice I made, it was going to this. And then the movie, the the dialogue in the movie started, like, reflecting that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that You're just in a... Pretty much in a loop. Because mm-hmm. you saw that part where he was, like, on his computer at first. Then it does shows that weird sign that he saw. And yeah. then the next time you go back, it's like... Netflix is controlling, or you're being mm-hmm. controlled by Netflix. Yeah. So I thought that was cool, and I love. I mean, I liked how after a while he was like, "I I don't feel like I'm in control anymore. I can't do it anything." Like, yeah. I love that. That those uh, have you ever? Do you know about that book that he was that they're talking mm-hmm. about? That's I never, an actual book. Yeah, it's an actual book. Huh. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but Goosebumps. Yeah, I remember those. They had that kind of. And I'd always I would backtrack. Yeah. Like, do you want to go down here or down there? I go down there. Oh, you died. I'd backtrack and go to the other yeah. option. Oh, man. Page 37 killed me. <laughs> right. That's so crazy. That That's pretty much the that what it is, though. It's just an interactive book now yeah. turned into a movie. So I, let's see where more of this comes out because that I don't want to say that was a test run because I've never seen anything like this. So let's see what more of it comes out like, and it should be fun. Bandersnatch. It was good. I, I enjoyed it. I'm glad you liked it. The The final ending we got to was when he cut off his dad's head. He killed his dad, cut off his head, and like put his head on like the dresser, and that inspired him to fucking finish the game. Oh, okay. The game was perfect, but like he got arrested for murdering oh, his father. <laughs> There's even this one, I don't even remember, but it's this one where like it looks like an alien comes out from somewhere. Weird. There's an, alter- There's an alternate ending where an alien Weird. comes out. So there's still a lot of endings that I still haven't seen either. So the way that movie works is just crazy. I probably won't watch it again. I'll just probably watch like a YouTube clip with the ending, with all the endings I missed. Same thing. The fact that I remembered it now, I need it wasn't to do good that. enough to do it all over again. <laughs> <laughs>
feel like I can't do it again. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, because you already know what the first, at least the first five choices are mm-hmm. going to lead to. I mean, even if you right. do something different right. with the first it, it, choice. Yeah, it'll just feel like a video game where you're like, okay, I fucked up this path. I need to do this. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, it becomes a maze. Because <laughs> I don't think it changes after the first two. After the first two, once you, like, pick your cereal and then your music, that's when it goes into its own direction. But mm-hmm. the first two are like, whatever. We got two of them ready right. for you. right. It's like, are they fucking with us? Like, how could this possibly change anything yeah, in the story? Exactly. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty cool. But yeah, that's fucking... We were pretty much almost at two hours, man. That was fun. Yeah, that was. We got to do this again after the movie. Yeah. Uh, so within like two weeks, I'll hit you up. We'll get yeah. back over here. Um, I'm actually doing some research on some geography questions. So uh, some geology as well. So we'll be having some more of that topic if you don't mind bringing some of your information as well. All right. Have some of that as well. Um, other than that, I mean, looks like we did a good one. This was a good podcast. Nice. Thanks for having me on. For sure. Uh, Kevin, everybody, uh, we'll be back later on tonight, uh, 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time with my friend Daniel. He's a car guy, so we'll be talking cars. What and we'll be doing some... mountain time? <laughs> what is mountain time? <laughs> All right, so but thanks again, everybody. You guys are awesome. Make sure to follow, subscribe, go check out Twitch, Twitch channel, all that good stuff. I will see you later.